0: Welcome today to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It is so great to be with you this weekend, wherever you may be connecting and joining us from, whether you are at home, whether you are traveling, whether you're at one of our four campuses at Appleton, Brookfield, Germantown, or Milwaukee. We welcome you today as we continue this series, Anxious for Nothing. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to look at verses 6 and 7 today. And I'm going to give you some other supplemental verses. If you're taking notes, you can write those down. They'll be on the screen as we go along as well. But I'm really going to unpack Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Today I want to talk about the power of prayer when it comes to worry and anxiety. We all face worry. We all face anxiety. We all face problems and challenges in the world in which we live in. But as Christ followers, the Bible teaches us that you and I have this weapon that we can use, this this uh, this this uh, tool, if you would, called prayer. It's more than that, but 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 that is exactly what it is. And as we began to pray, and we began to do exactly what this passage talks about that the byproduct of that will be the peace in our life, which means worry will subside and anxiety will subside, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will begin to emerge. That's really what we're looking for. That's what you want, that's what I want. I want to have peace in my own heart and my own soul. And today, if you're far away from Jesus, you may be feeling very anxious and very stirred, and very unsettled. And, and, and there is a, a working of the Holy Spirit that draws you into relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that all of us, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we do so because we've been drawn by the Holy Spirit. We're all looking for peace in our souls, peace in our mind, peace in, in, in who we are uh, pers- as, a, as a person. We also are looking for peace in our relationships. We're looking for peace in, in our family our marriage and our home. Well, how does that happen? That's what we're going to unpack today. Uh, and, and, and peace in, in our relationships with friends and, 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 and also with people that we work with and our business and our going. You know, the Bible says that one of the things that should be happening in our lives as Christ followers, that every day we put on this, as we go out and we kind of wage a spiritual war against the enemy of our souls, one of the pieces of that, of that um, armor The armor of God is the peace, shoes of peace. King James, that's how I remembered it and how I memorized it, is that we we, uh, shod our feet with a preparation of readiness to spread the gospel of peace. What that means is everywhere we walk, we go in peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And so this is the opposite of anxiety. This is the opposite of worry. And again, it's very easy to preach. It's very easy to read it. But how do I live it? How do I get peace in my life? And how do I drive away the anxiety and drive away the worry in order to have peace in my soul, peace in my mind, peace in my person, peace in my relationships and my family, my marriage and my business, peace in my life? So glad you asked that question. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 Paul writes to the church in Philippi Be anxious for nothing. Again, much easier said than done. Amen. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul says, Be anxious for nothing. In everything, by prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, let your, pray, let your requests be made known to God. First statement I want to give you today, if you're writing notes, choose prayer over despair. Choose prayer over despair. I know it rhymes. Just call me a poet. Choose prayer over despair. The truth of the matter is you and I have a choice. We can choose to live and camp our lives out in, in the valley of worry and anxiety, or we could choose to pray. We can choose to have disparity and, and just be, oh, you know, uh, wounded and broken and, and just completely freaked out. Or we can have a conversation with God. We can choose prayer. That's what prayer is. If you're new to this walk with Jesus, let me explain this to you. Prayer, is a, it sounds like a very spiritual word that's, that's just somewhat mysterious. And how does this work and what happens? Prayer is having a conversation with God. The same way I'm speaking to you, the same way I pick up the phone and call a friend, the same way that I'm communicating with my family and with people that are around me, that's what I'm doing with the Lord. It's a conversation. It's a two-way street. I speak and I listen. He speaks and he listens. It's this conversation. Psalm 118 verse 6 says that the Lord is with me and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Sometimes we just are looking at everything that around, that's around us, everything that's surrounding us, the people that are around us, the job that's in front of us, the bills that we have to pay, the conflict that's around us, whatever the storm of life may be. And we just get completely wigged out. But the Bible reminds us, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> what can people do to you? They, they really can't, you know. I used to tell my girls when they were little and, and, and they would get overwhelmed with something. I'd go, hey, 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 in life they're not going to kill you and they won't eat you. So you're going to live to die another day. And sometimes I have to remind myself that when I'm dealing with conflict. Look, these people are not going to kill me and they're not going to eat me. So I'm going to live to die another day. I, I'm going to put my hope in the Lord. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I'm not going to be afraid because the Lord's with me. I'm, I'm going to choose prayer over despair. See, prayer is a difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. The best that you can do and the best that God can do. Prayer is what makes a difference. You can go out and do all you can do, spin your wheels, make your deals, shake hands, hug necks, kiss babies, but it just kind of falls flat sometimes because, again, there's conflict and there's issues and there's struggle. If you've been reading in the last week or so with our soap, we've been walking through the book of Genesis, this scripture, op- observation, application of prayer that we do on a regular basis. And what's interesting to me is that when, when, uh, when sin enters the world, one of the things that we have to deal with in humanity is that whatever we do in our lives is going to be a struggle. Our families are going to be a struggle uh, 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 our kids, there's going to be a struggle. Our work is going to be a struggle. Our everything is a, is a struggle. There, all of a sudden, struggle entered into the equation when sin entered into it. And so, the truth of the matter is, is if you're just out there on your own, you're there. You feel the weight of that struggle. But when you begin to make prayer a par- a priority, when you begin to just spend time conversing with God, when you begin to take your worry, your anxieties, your fears, your frustrations, your problems, and you began to give them to the Lord, you begin to converse with him, you begin to say, God, here's what's going on, and God, help me, and you begin to seek his wisdom and his counsel, then it goes from the best that you know to do to the best that he knows to do. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm not a young man, I'm not an old man. I'm 49. But the one thing that I have learned this point in the, in the ball game, I used to think if, I, if it doesn't make sense it's because I don't have all the pieces. Now, if it doesn't make sense, usually it's because it doesn't make sense. And there are gaps that I just don't have answers to. So what do I do? I go to the Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do with this. God, I, I don't know how to handle this. God, I, I don't know what to say in this moment. Lord, Lord I don't know what the right thing to do. I, I, Lord, I, I don't even know how I feel. <laughs> My feelings and emotions are all jumbled up. And so God, I, I need to bring this to you. So what, is, what does that look like? How, how do you do that? How, do you, how is prayer a conversation in which peace enters in? So glad you asked that. He walks this out and teaches us how to pray during the storms of life. Look at this. Second statement I want to give you is humbly ask for heaven's help. Humbly ask for heaven's help. I know I'm a poet this weekend. Just love it. He says, and with supplication, make your request known to the Lord. And with supplication. That word supplication is kind of this theological concept and idea. It's to humbly Plead. It's with earnest and sincerity and sincerity to make your request known to God. If, if you were to have a word picture of this, because the, the book, the Greek language is, is full of word pictures. It's like, a, it's like an image that describes the word. It would be on your knees, because that's a symbol of and a picture of humility, asking sincerely, earnestly, pleading and giving it to God. He says that when you have anxiety, you can choose to live in anxiety or you can choose to pray. And when you pray, do so with earnest sincerity before the Lord, pleading and making your request known to God. Something happens when we do that. Can I just help you with this? What it says is, God, I don't have all the answers. God, I I don't know what to do. If I did, I wouldn't be sincerely, earnestly, on my knees pleading right now. But I need your help. The Bible says that in uh, the book of Psalms, I'm just thinking this as I'm preaching, that a smoldering wick, so a candle that's just about to go out, and a broken reed, one that's just about to break in half, God will never put out a smoldering wick or break a broken reed. What does that mean? God loves a broken and a contrite spirit. He will never turn away. When you go to him with sincerity, earnest humility before him, on your knees saying, God, I need your help. I feel like this storm. I feel like this stress. I feel like this whatever. This anxiety is about to overtake me. God will show up. How? Let's keep watching. Keep walking this out. The, the third statement I want to give to you is maintain an attitude of gratitude. Maintain an attitude of gratitude. So as you're, as you're choosing prayer over despair, you humbly ask for heaven's help. The third thing that you do is that you maintain an attitude of gratitude. He says, and with thanksgiving, don't forget to be thankful. Don't forget gratuity. Don't forget. Gratuity and anxiety cannot peacefully coexist. Let me say that again. Gratuity and anxiety. Having a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of anxiety, they don't coexist. This is part of the reason why Paul says, and as you are praying, make sure that you are thankful. Make sure that you have an attitude of gratitude. Because what happens is it begins to cancel out. It begins to to take away the anxiety. It begins to lift it. This is when you begin to feel it lifting. I want to go on to, to verse 11, 12, and 13 of Philippians chapter 4. Just, just if you have if if your Bible open, just kind of go on down to verse 11, 12, and 13. Paul says this I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry. I prefer well fed. Amen or whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. As you're praying, as you're making your request known to God, don't forget to keep an attitude of gratitude. Don't just rehearse your problems to God. Remember God's answers and God's blessings. As you're coming to him, don't forget, he he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He he is listening. He he is the one that will will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. He he is the one that, that will hear when you pray. But don't forget to take time in your prayer, in your supplication, in your earnest, humble, sincere pleading before the Lord that you say, thank you, God. Now, this is interesting to me because when Jesus, when the disciples ask Jesus, they find Jesus, pray, and the Gospels record this. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they, they record, and they said, teach us to pray, Jesus. And Jesus says, pray in this manner, but kind of like pray this outline. It's not reciting the prayer. We, that, that's way too easy. It, it's my heart. It's not the words I'm saying. It's the heart. And he begins the prayer with, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then you go into the request, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us of our debts. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he ends with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He begins and he ends. He he basically bookends the prayer with thanksgiving and gratitude at the beginning and at the end. Why? (laughs) Because God inhabits, he dwells, he lives in the praises of his people. So when you and I just take a moment, as we are in our regular time of prayer, and we just say, Lord, before I come before you with anything, before I ask you for anything, I just want to thank you. I have breath in my lungs today. I I have the ability to be able to come before you. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've given me your word. I thank you that as I've come before you today with earnest, sincere, humble petition before you that you're going to hear me and the anxieties and the worries and the problems that I've got that you're going to hear me and not only hear me, you're going to change it. Thank you, Lord, that you love me that much. Thank you, Lord, that you care for me that much. Thank you, Lord, that that you're concerned about what concerns me. Even if all you've got is problems, you can at least be thankful that Jesus hears you and thankful that God's listening and thankful. You begin to focus on that. What happens psychologically when you do that is you get your mind off of you and your worry and get your mind onto him. See, when I have my mind on me, I'm very limited, and, and I've got problems, and I know my issues, and I, it feels a bit like a termite and a yo-yo, just kind of going round and around and around. But when I put my mind upon the Lord, and upon His vastness, and His goodness, and His greatness, anything's possible. With me, not all things are possible. With Him, all things are possible. With me, I'm limited. With Him, He's limitless. With me, I'm finite. With Him, He's infinite, which means There is hope in him that I cannot find in myself. Attitude of gratitude. And the fourth and the final thing that he says for us to do is make specific requests. If you're writing notes, write this down. Make specific requests. He says in in verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4, Let your requests be made known to God. Whatever's on your heart, whatever anxiety, whatever worry, whatever fear, whatever frustration, even if you're frustrated with the Lord, tell him in that moment. Just tell him. Why? Because he already knows it. Woo holla. He already knows what's going on. Just tell him. Here's what happens. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, if you want to turn over there, I just want to read uh, verses 35 through 43. And it's the narrative. It's the story. It's an account. I don't like using the word story because it sounds fictitious. It's an account of a blind man who comes to Jesus. And watch how Jesus responds. This is just one of, of hundreds of examples in Scripture of how this works. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Then it happened as he, Jesus, was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. So he's blind, he's begging. This is how he makes his living. Verse 36. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it, what it meant. So he hears these people, what's going on? What, what do I do? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39. Then those who went uh, before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more. Don't let people shut you down, amen? Son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, look at verse 41: What do you want me to do for you? Lord, that I may receive my sight. Verse 42. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his fight, sight, followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. Can I just tell you that a specific prayer is a serious prayer? This blind man would not let his prayers be silent. Don't let anybody silence your prayers. When you come before the Lord, when you be specific, tell him exactly what you want. Tell him exactly what's on your mind. And don't, and listen, don't worry about these and thou's. I've heard people try to make it all flowery. Like Jesus didn't speak New King James or King James. Can I get a witness? He, he didn't. Um, that was, you know, mid-century King James, England basically took the Bible and had it translated from Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew, the three original languages that the entire Canada scripture, the entire Bible is written in. And so there's these and those. He didn't speak that way. Sorry to bust some bubbles, but he didn't. God understands you and your heart language, whatever that may be, crying out to him. Don't let anybody keep you from that. Don't let the crowds keep you from that. Don't let your own disparity keep you from that. Your inability, he's not even next to Jesus. They have to bring him to Jesus. Don't let the distance between you and Jesus keep you. Be specific. Cry out, cry out, cry out cry out. Don't do, you know, here's the deal. It's desperation. Cry out. Don't choose despair. Choose prayer. Cry out. And and as you do, make your supplication, your earnest, sincere, humble, uh, pleading before the Lord with thanksgiving. Come before him and maintain that attitude of gratitude, but be specific. Tell him exactly what you want, because a specific prayer is a serious prayer. When I'm specific, I'm serious. When I'm just, oh, God, I pray you help and you bless and you just touch the whole world. and I, I, that's, It's not that it's not heartfelt. It's just, but it's really not there, right? But when I come before the Lord and I say, Lord, I pray specifically for this specific need, that you would heal this specific person with this specific problem right now in the name of Jesus. It catches the attention of heaven. We see this over and over and over in scripture. Jesus asked people, what do you want me to do? And when they say it, when they're bold enough to say it in front of God and everybody, he says, okay, it's done. It's done. And immediately he had his sight. Because can I just tell you that a specific prayer is a bold prayer. And God answers bold prayers. Sometimes the reason why we don't see things happen in our lives, we don't see our prayers answered in our life. We don't see the worry and the anxiety because we don't really pray that bold prayer. Because what does it mean to have a specific prayer? What does it mean to have a serious prayer? What does it mean to have a bold prayer? I must believe that he is able to do whatever I'm asking him to do. If I truly believe that God will heal, if I truly believe that God will provide, if I truly believe that God will show up in the middle of my situation and circumstance, then I'm going to be specific. I'm going to be serious. I'm going to be bold. But if I just think, eh, I'm going to throw it up here. Maybe it works. Maybe it helps. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not specific. I'm not serious. I'm not bold. When was the last time you prayed a bold prayer, a specific prayer? A serious prayer where you earnestly, with humility, pleading before the Lord and with a heart full of thanksgiving for all that God's done, but asking him to do it once again. That's what he's looking for. And when that begins to happen, then anxiety and fear and frustration and worry, it begins to go. Check this out. Look at verse 7 again. We started right there. Philippians 4, verse 6, verse 7. Look at verse 7. It says, When you pray, the way that he's described us to pray, then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Peace. The result of praying with supplication, with thanksgiving, and with specific bold prayer, what happens? Peace comes into your heart. He specifically says, first of all, the peace of God. So what's the opposite of the peace of God? It's the peace of man. What's the difference between the peace of man and the peace of God? Peace of man comes and goes. Peace of man uh, uh, changes. Peace of man is very fickle. Peace of man, is like the weather in Wisconsin. You don't like it, it's gonna change, amen? It, it, it just, it's just what it is. But the peace of God it doesn't move. The peace of God, it's immovable. The peace of God, because it is who he is. You understand? So God is peace. Jesus is described as the prince of peace. God is the king of peace. If Jesus is the prince of peace, then God is the king of peace. So in God is peace the character of peace is God and God is peace and so wherever God is there is peace and so when you choose prayer over despair you invite him in and when you invite him in man's peace that comes and goes you know I, I I have a good night's good night's sleep every once in a while that's man's peace but for the most part I toss and turn right maybe up five times the night going to the bathroom I don't know but but you you don't have a peaceful restful sleep or 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 it's a situation where I feel good today and 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 and, and arthritis isn't kicking in or or this bad knee from from an athletic injury isn't bothering me today. And so I have a peaceful day, but then tomorrow it's it's giving me some problems. It comes and it goes, you know, things are good at home right now. It's a good season, but then something happens and it comes and it goes. The peace of God doesn't come and go. The peace of God is steadfast because God can't turn it on or turn it off because it's who he is. And when the who he is of God Is in your life, peace of God comes in. And that peace is described, Paul describes, it surpasses understanding. What does that mean? It's beyond your comprehension. You will never figure it out. Because it has no beginning, because it is the Lord, and it has no end. It is so high you can't get over it. It's so deep you can't get over it. It's so wide you can't get around it. It's beyond your ability to even understand. It's limitless. It's all-encompassing, all-powerful. And he says that that peace from God, not from man, that passes, surpasses your understanding beyond your comprehension, it will guard your heart. That word guard in the Greek is the same word that we get the English word umpire from. It'll call a strike a strike. A foul, a foul, a ball, a ball, a home run, a home run. It will, and when the umpire calls, the manager can get mad, the team can get mad, they can rush the field, but the call doesn't change. The enemy can get mad, people can get upset, all hell can break out around you, but that peace of God that surpasses all understanding will umpire your heart and your mind so that there's rest here that comes from what happens here through Christ Jesus. So today, worry, fear, frustration, anxiety. You feel that? Immediately go and choose prayer Conversation with the Lord, honest conversation with the Lord over disparity. In doing so, find a place where you can, well, where you can get on your knees. Verbally or speaking or figuratively speaking. Or maybe even you really get on your knees. But with an earnest and sincere and a humble heart, begin to converse with the Lord. With gratitude and thanksgiving, but specific, bold prayers. And here's the deal with the conversation. It's not a one-way street. It's not a monologue. It's not a sermon. It's you speaking to God. So with earnest sincerity before the Lord, with gratitude, make your specific, bold requests known to Him and then give Him a few moments to respond with peace that passes understanding. That will rule your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's my prayer for you today. It really is that simple. It really is that easy. So, today, if you're far away from Jesus, specifically, with an earnest and sincere heart, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. It's that simple. He will do just that. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will be yours. Matter of fact, I wanna end today that way. If you're here today, whether you're watching online or you're at one of our campuses, I just wanna give you a moment. And if you're far away from Jesus and the anxiety and the worry of this world is so just messing you up. And you're willing to say with a sincere heart, with thanksgiving for, that God so loved you that he gave us G- Jesus Christ His one and only son to die on the cross for you. And, and you believe that Jesus is a son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for your sins and rose from the grave. You want to give your worry, your anxiety, your sin to him and ask him to come into your heart and into your life. I believe he'll do that today. If that's you. Would you close your eyes and bow your head with me just for a moment? Even if you're watching online, even if you've got to step off of a treadmill, even if you just got it right there in your living room, whatever you are, pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I believe that you, Jesus, are the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, and rose from the grave. I give you my life today. Forgive me of my sin. Take my worry and my anxiety and my fear and my frustration and replace it with your peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.